Welcome to the Equipers Church Budapest podcast. We hope today's message will encourage and inspire you. For more information, check equiperschurch.au. I want to talk to uh, this afternoon or tonight uh, about a subject of wonder. And um, I don't know how you've found the last few years. Uh, we live in a time where there's lots of division, there's lots of anger, there's lots of cynicism, there's lots of distrust. And I feel like in a time like this, God wants to restore something that's a bit innocent and fresh, and he wants to restore a sense of wonder in your life. And uh, I don't know when the last time you felt a sense of wonder, but I pray tonight you go out of here with just this overwhelming sense of wonder that something is almost too good to believe, something is so amazing. And, and that God restores that. See, Jesus said this in Matthew 18, verse 3. He said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And, and I guess there's a whole lot of different things about what a childlike faith looks like. But I believe that one of them is just the sense of wonder. Um, I have three grandchildren, so two of them are quite little. One is just two and almost one. And they were born during COVID in another part of our country. And so we weren't allowed to travel very much. So we didn't actually get to see them very much. So we've had to work hard at like video calls and stuff, which is hard when they're like one and two. But, um, but I came up with an idea a few months ago to make a little video call for the, our two-year-old granddaughter. So she's only two, so it's 30-second video. It doesn't have a long attention span. But her name is uh, Nora, so we made this little video, and we're like, Hello, Nora, how are you? You can count to three, can't you? One, two, three. You like going down the slide? And, uh, and her, my daughter-in-law, uh, her mum, messaged me and said, Ah, oh, she really likes watching the video. She watches it over and over. Uh, but then she sent us a photo of, of our granddaughter watching the video, and her face was like this, like... Like... Oh my goodness, there's these people that know me and they know what I like and they know what I can do. And just this total sense of, oh my goodness, that is amazing. And, uh, and that's really what a sense of wonder is. The definition of wonder is this, a feeling of amazement and admiration caused by something beautiful, remarkable or unfamiliar. I wonder when the last time you had that kind of Oh my goodness, that is so amazing. That is so good. That is, that is beyond what I could imagine. Because in a world that's tired and cynical and angry and divided, I feel like God wants to restore something of that. And, and some of you that have been robbed of that by cynicism and things that have been done to you and disappointment, I believe tonight God wants to restore a sense that you're special and a sense of something wonderful in your world. And if you'll, I believe if you'll open up your heart to this, God can transform something in your world tonight. And, um, and, and if you think... I, this is a terrible English, but I was like, I wonder what God wants you to wonder about. Because, because you could go, oh, well, probably 
I should be in wonder at who God is and how big he is and how amazing he, he is. And like, yes, you should be in wonder of that. that. That is incredible. Or maybe we should be in wonder at his creation, the galaxies and the stars and the mountains and the whales. And it's like, yes, we should be in wonder at that. But tonight, I want to talk about something different. And when I say it, some of you are going to be incredibly underwhelmed. That means not impressed. And, and it's going to sound like this is like Christianity light. Like, you call candy floss? Sugar, what do you call it? Sugar candy? Like, no substance to it. I want to show you that this is very biblical what I say. That this is what we should be in wonder of. And, and, and it's this. I believe the thing that God wants to, us to be in wonder of is this. How much God cares about you? How special you are to him. How much he's involved in your life. How much he knows everything about how you work. That that's what we should be in wonder of. And, and, and let me show you from the Bible. So uh, if you've got a Bible, Psalm 139. Uh, it's, it's David reflecting on this. And, and, and I'm just going to comment on some things as we go through it. He says this. You have searched me, God. It's like, God, you have searched out every part of my heart. You know those things that I've, that, those dreams that I've never told anyone. You know, you know the situations I get in that trigger me to feel inferior or feel afraid or feel lonely. Like, you've searched out my heart. You, you know all those little parts of my heart that nobody else knows, even that I don't understand. I don't understand why I feel angry in this situation. God's like, I know. I know that part of your heart where that's coming from. I don't, God, I don't know why in this kind of environment I feel anxious. God's like, I know why that is because I've searched out your heart and I know, I know the part of your heart that that's coming from. Like I've searched out every part of your heart. The parts that no one else understands, I know. The parts that you don't even understand, I know that. And so because of that, you know me, God. Like, you totally know me. Sometimes, when, you know, if you're married and, and, and the, the, the husband's like, I don't know why she's crying. God's like, I know why she's crying, dummy. Come on. And if, and, if she, and if you're the wife and you're like, I don't know why he's gone all quiet and disappeared. God's like, I know why he's doing that. I know how he, I know his heart. I know everything about him. You know, you've searched me and you know me. Even down to verse 2, you know when I sit and when I rise, you know the little decisions that just seem so trivial when I'm just a bit, when I, when I'm just a bit tired and I go to sit down. God's like, oh yeah, they're a bit tired. They want to have a seat. You know when I'm feeling a bit restless and I get up, God's like, oh, I, kn I knew you were going to do that. Like, really, God? That amount of detail you know about me? And, and, and he says, yeah, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You know what I'm thinking. Maybe even before I'm aware of what I'm thinking. Why are you crying? I don't know. God's like, I, I know. And when you finally get your thoughts together, I know what you will say. Because I know what you're thinking. I know what you're feeling. I know, I know everything about you. Verse 3, you discern my going out and my lying down. God's like, I know, when, I know when you're just feeling like, I just need to get out and get some time by myself. 
God's like, oh, I know, I know how they're feeling. I know that that's what they need. I know that's what they've learned to do. I, I, I know what's going on. When, when you're having a party and they look around and someone's like, where have they gone? They've gone home. God's like, oh, I, I know that it was just a bit much for them. I know they felt like they needed to get some time by themselves. Like, I, I, I discern all of this. Says this. Amazing statement. You are familiar with all my ways. Every part of the way that I cope with life, you understand it. I don't know why I get angry in this situation. God's like, oh, yeah, I know that's how you cope with people. It's not terribly helpful, but I understand why you do it. Because, you know, you learned to do that when you were little. But I I know the way that you do life. I know how you struggle to put on that smile to keep people happy. That's the way that you cope with crowds. I know how you withdraw and pretend that you're busy, but you actually know, need some time alone. Like, I know the ways that you do life. I know everything about you. There's, no, there's nothing that I don't know. And, and then verse 4, Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Like when someone challenges me, like, you know, or challenges you. Oh, what? Why don't you want to go to this party with everyone? Oh, I don't know. And and, and when you finally put your thoughts together, God's like, I already knew that's what you were going to say, because I know the way that you do life, because I know your heart, because I know I've searched every part of your life. Like, there's nothing that's a surprise to me. I totally know you. Verse five is interesting. He says, um. You hem me in behind and before, like, God, you're all around me. That, that, that's how you understand me. You know what happened yesterday. That meant that I woke up a bit grumpy this morning. You know what happened uh, last week. That's made me a bit afraid. You know what happened when I was a teenager. That's made me pull back from people. You know the dreams that I had as a little girl or boy. That's why I've ended up studying you. Like, God, you're all around me. In fact, you're before me. You know what's going to happen tomorrow and the next day. So that's why you speak certain things to me today. Like, God, you're all around me. And, and you're interested in all of that. And says, and you lay your hand upon me. He's like this. Hey, I totally get you. By the way, I'm here. You're not, you've learned this whole way to cope by yourself. But hey, I'm here. I'm with you in this. You're not doing it alone. You feel like you're doing it alone, but hey, I'm here. And it's a hand of reassurance of his presence. It's a hand of guidance. Like, hey, 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 I know that you feel like you want to do this, but hey, this is going to be better for you. Come this way. Because I know you and I know what's actually going to help you. And it's this. And it's a hand of impartation. Like, come on, I'll give you the strength to do this. Like, God, you totally get me. You're totally all around me. You're totally involved in my life. And, and, and this is why I say it's biblical is verse 6. This is what he says. Such knowledge is what? That's what's too wonderful. That is what is too wonderful. All of the, all of the above. That is too lofty for me to attain. That's the thing that makes my jaw drop that go, I cannot believe it's that good. I, like, that is almost too good to believe, God, that you are that involved in my life. That is what is wonderful. And I pray tonight you might have a sense like, oh, like my granddaughter, oh my goodness. Like you know me. You know everything about me. 
Even when I don't understand me, you know me. Even when my family don't get me, God, you get me. Even when I feel like no one understands me, God, you understand me. Like this is almost too much to believe. In in Hebrew, the word is this, incomprehensible, extraordinary, an event that a person judging by the customary and the expected finds extraordinary, impossible, wonderful. Like, that is pretty much unbelievable that the God of this universe is that involved with you. Man, could you just let God's Spirit just show you that is, that is wonderful that I matter that much to God. Uh, the message translation says this of verse 5 You look behind me, I look behind me, and you're there. Then up ahead, and you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. This is too much, too wonderful. I can't take it all in. Like, this is what should make our minds explode. Oh my goodness. God, this is incredible. And, we, and when you go down to verse 13, there's another verse of this song which picks up again the similar thought, and it takes it to another, another level. Verse 13, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I'm going to show you for reasons that I, I, I still find it hard to put into words, but five or so times in Scripture, they'll, they'll go back to this. Here's the point. God, you you. You totally are with me now. You totally get me. You totally know me. You're totally all around me. But here's the deal. God, you've always been with me. You've always been there. And, and as I said about five times in Scripture, which shows that this is a real important thing, they'll go back to this point. God, you were there in, when I was in my mother's womb. Like, you've always been there with me. And, and, and I... I I, I struggle to understand what's so significant, but I think it's that place of total dependence, total vulnerability, total potential. Before life came along and you took some hits and you put up some walls and, and you got a bit hurt or disappointed or made some wrong choices or whatever, God's like, I was there at the very beginning of who you are. I know you. Like, I know who you are meant to be. I know what you can be. I have always known that. And he said, and God, you knit me together. Yeah, physically, the world might say you're too fat or too skinny or too tall or too short. God's like, short. God's like I put you together. But even more than physically, your personality, your strengths, the world might say, oh, you're too loud. And God's like, no, I made you as the person who injects life into an environment. Or the world might say, oh, you're too quiet and withdrawn. God's like, no, I made you the one who, who draws out the depths of people. Or the world might say, oh, you're too boring and into details. God's like, no, I made you as the person who pays attention to those things and makes it happen. Or the world might say, oh, you're just a dreamer. You're, you're irrelevant and you're daydreamer. God's like, no, I made you to dream dreams and see visions. God's like, I put you together. I knitted you together. I made you the person that I wanted you to be. And it's like, oh my goodness, you knit me together. And so verse 14, notice what he says. I praise you because I am fearfully, and this, 
wonderfully made. I don't know about uh, the culture in Hungary. I know the culture in my country. I would guarantee in my country, nobody could look in the mirror and say the next line. God, that's pretty wonderful. But actually, that's biblical. And if our culture has programmed us to when we look in the mirror to feel ashamed or not good enough or small, we need to change our mindset because a biblical mindset says, God, your works are wonderful. And when he says that, he's not talking about the mountains. He's not talking about the galaxies. He's not talking about the whales. He's talking about you. And it's like David has this ability to go, God, you made something wonderful. I'm in wonder at how you put me together. And, and the next sentence is, I know that full well. I suspect that there's no one here listening to this that could say that genuinely. I fully know that God made something wonderful. There's not a hint of a doubt of uh, of insecurity or inferiority or self-doubt or self-hate. I fully know, God, that you created me. And, you, and it came out of your heart to make something wonderful. And, they, and God, you made me special. And I pray tonight there's just a sense of the Holy Spirit washes over you and you go, God, you say that I'm special. You say that I'm special. You know, he goes on in verse 15 to talk about this thing about my frame was not hidden from you. I, I was put together. Uh, but then verse 16, it's like they, they always go on to another level. Your eyes saw my unformed body and then... All the days ordained for me were written in your book. It's like, right here, my present. God, you are here. You know you're all around me. You know everything about me. You know what I've done this morning. You know how I'm feeling tonight. You know my challenges tomorrow. And then it's like, but God, you've always been there. And you were there right from when I was, even before I was born. But then he's like, and God, if you knew every day of my life, you knew the highs when I would dream dreams and, and, and get excited and be so passionate about things. You knew the days I would fall in love and then you knew the days I'd have my heart broken and I'd be disappointed. You knew the days when I would have things stolen away from my life or I would make decisions that I regret. Like, God, you knew, but you were there at the beginning and you decided you were going to walk with me every day and you were going to take me through all that and you were going to take me to a purpose. Like, God, you have... You have scheduled your presence every day of my life. Like this is too wonderful to believe. And again, in, in Hebrew, it, the word is to be, to be surpassing, to be extraordinary, to be beyond one's power to grasp, to be difficult to do, to be, di this, to be difficult to understand. That's pretty difficult to understand, God. You put me together in my mother's womb. You've been there every day of my life. 
You've seen my heart get broken. You've seen me put up walls. You've seen me dream dreams. You've been there every day and you're with me right now. And God, this is too wonderful to believe. And, and, uh, and, and it's like, oh my goodness. And you might go, okay, that's one passage. But let me show you, this is actually a common biblical theme. So Jeremiah chapter one, the call of Jeremiah. Notice where he goes. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. They always go back to that. And here it's not even like when you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. It's like before. Like I knew you were coming. You might have been a mistake to your parents. You might not have been planned for, but I knew that you were coming. And I, and I decided what, you, what kind of person you would be. And I knit you together in there. And I, and I purposed a plan for your life. And I had a dream for you. And I scheduled every day. And I, and I decided I was going to be there in your life. Every day of your life. And, and, and I love how it says, before you were born, I set you apart. It's like... I had a purpose for your life. Some of us have spent our lives chasing after love and, and success, but actually in, in your mother's womb, God had already said, I, kn I know how I've made you. I know what I've made you for. If you, if you would walk with me, I can take you to the fulfillment of every dream in your heart. Because I know what I made you to be like. And I know the purpose I made you for. In um, Galatians chapter 1, Paul, similar thinking. But when God, notice what he says, who set me apart from my mother's womb. They'll always go back there. Because it's like, it's that place of total vulner vulnerability, total dependence. Before you had any possibility before you could do anything it's like that God's like I was there and then and then I love and again and called me by his grace it's like I'm going to invest in you I'm going to pour myself into you you're going to make some mistakes but I'm going to pour my grace into you other people are going to do things that will hurt you but I'm going to pour my grace into you because I know what I made you for and I want to pour all that I have into you for you to become that person I made you to be and, but then I love his language it says this when God who had done that was pleased to reveal his son in me it's like this Maybe this is the first time you've been at church and suddenly you realize, man, God's real. Maybe you've been coming for a while and you realize, man, God's real. And you, and you responded to Jesus and you invited him into your life. Paul would say this, don't make the mistake of thinking that's when God got involved in your life. You just realize something that's always been true. He's always been there. From before you were born, he was there. Every day of your life he's been there. But there comes a day when we actually become aware of that and we become conscious of it and we choose to go, God, I want to do the rest of my life in this relationship. Because nobody cares about me like you do. Nobody understands me like you do. God, nobody is invested in me like you are. And God, I, I just, I want to do this now with you. And I invite you 
into my life as, a, as, a, as my Lord and my Savior, that we're going to do this now together. But Paul's very clear. There was a moment when he encountered Jesus, but at that moment he realized God had always been there. Isn't that amazing? He's always been there. You may have lived decades not aware of him, but he's like, I was always there. I saw every moment. I saw your hopes and dreams. I saw your disappointments and hurts. I've been there. But there came a day when I showed you that I was there. And I invited you to do this together. You know, I love the conclusion in Psalm 139 of the reflections on this. It's found in verse 17 and 18. He says this, How precious or how amazing are your thoughts concerning me. Again, if you could... Just let your mind be blown for a minute. How vast is the sum of them? Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. You may think nobody even knows that you exist. You may think nobody cares. According to this, you can't count the amount of time God is thinking about you. You can't count all of the times he is thinking about, oh, this is going to happen to them today. They're going to be a bit disappointed, but I could arrange this person to share something, or they could read this, or, or this person's going to lead this song, and there's going to be this lyric that's going to encourage them. Like God's constantly thinking, and even, oh, I know what's going to happen to them tomorrow, so, so I'm going to, I, they really need this person to encourage them today so they're ready to face that. It's like God's constantly thinking about you. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? And, and I love his conclusion. He says this, when I am awake, I'm still with you. It's a funny thought, it's, but it's this. It's like, when you go to sleep tonight, God's still going to be thinking about you all night. Oh, I, I, oh they're going to wake up about this time, and they're going to feel a bit tired and feel a bit hot, and, but it would be good if they did this today and I arranged for this person to call them and and then they could encourage this person that all night God's going to be thinking about you. Yeah, isn't that like, that's amazing. That is wonderful. And, And as you ponder this, it's like God is all around me. God has always been all around me. There's just an invitation to actually live in the awareness of that. But I love that Psalm 139 is a reflection of wonder at how good God is. But here's what I want to say. Once you reflect on that, it shifts from a reflection of wonder into a prophetic sense of confidence about your life. And I want to show you this in a passage that's really important for Equippers, Isaiah 49, which is the logo of Equippers is this arrow, the idea that God's shaping my life as an arrow in his hand, and it comes from this passage. But listen to what they say. uh, Isaiah 49, listen to me, you islands, hear this, you distant nations. I believe it's like this. It's like all of my life. You've been telling me who I am. The media has been telling me I'm not good enough. My teachers said I'm a failure. My sport coaches said I wouldn't be good enough. My friends rejected me. All my life people have been telling me, but now I know who I am. So you sit down and I'm going to tell you who God says I am. You listen to me now while I tell you who I am in God. 
Listen to me, you islands. You hear this, you distant nations, because I'm not going to bow under who you tell me I am anymore. I'm going to tell you who God says I am. And notice where he goes, the same place they always go. Before I was born, the Lord called me from my mother's womb. He has spoken my name. God has always had a purpose for my life. The world has robbed me of value. The world has told me I don't matter. But I have discovered that my life has always had purpose. That God has had a plan for my life. And, and they always add something on. And from this, from my mother's womb, he has spoken my name. And, and I, I was preaching this bit and like, yeah, God knew your name before your parents even named you. But then I realized it said this, he didn't just know your name, he spoke it. When you speak someone's name, it's a, it's a relational call. It was like in your mother's womb, something in his spirit spoke to your spirit and recognized you as a person of value and dignity and, and spoke in terms of relationship. I spoke your name before even maybe your parents knew you existed, but certainly before they knew you. I called you. I called out to you. I reached out to you. And every day of your life since, I've been calling your name, inviting you home, inviting you into a relationship. God, you've spoken my name. I'm known like I'm special. I matter to God. And then because of that, in verse 2, uh, he, he talks about now, actually my life is not defined by what other people have done to me. It's not even defined by what I've done. It's defined with what God is doing. And it's like in the midst of all of this, notice it's all about him. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. God, through all of the ups and downs, you have been making my life into something. You have been shaping me. You've had a purpose. And you're able to weave everything together to achieve that purpose. And then verse 3 is extraordinary. It applies directly to the Messiah, the servant of Yahweh, of God. But because we're in him, I believe we can read it for ourselves. See if you can read this and not be stunned. He said to me, no, you are my servant. Your life is defined by your relationship with me. I don't care what your teachers said. I don't care that your dad abandoned you. I don't care that your friends hurt you, I don't care, well, I care, but I'm not going to let you be defined by things that have happened to you. No, your life is defined by how you relate to me, God says. And then he says this most extraordinary line. And I wonder if you could believe this for yourself. In whom I will display my splendor. in whom I will display my splendor. The Hebrew is a word to do with something of beauty. Like God, not only is this wonderful, but you actually want to make something beautiful of my life. You want people to look at me and go, man, that's just amazing at, 
at how you get on with people. Man, that's just incredible how, you, how you're just able to get real deep connection with just that one or two people. Man, that's amazing how you're able to organize stuff. That's amazing how you care for people. That's amazing your creative abilities. It's like, yeah, because God had decided your life is going to display something beautiful, something of splendor. Like, that's pretty special. Maybe I could get the keyboardist up, and the team. And Paul sums up this whole thing in one verse, famous verse, Ephesians 2.10. says this, For we are God's handiwork. In Greek, it's the word poema. From in English, we get the word poem. You are God's craftsman, piece of craftsmanship. You are God's handiwork. You are God's artistic masterpiece. You, you are. He has been invested in shaping your life. From before you were born in your mother's womb, he started putting you together. Every day of your life, he's been at work. He's been working things together with a purpose to make something of splendor. You are God's masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus. You're only ever going to find this fulfillment in Jesus. But that's why he came. So you didn't have to settle for less. So you didn't have to be the broken person. That God could put back together the original plan that he had for your life. The hope that he had. The dignity that he had. The splendor that he always meant for your life. And he says this, that he did this so that you're going to do, it says good works. Your life is going to count. You're going to do some great things. You're going to make a difference in someone's world. Because God decided that your life would matter. Because God decided that you count. Because God decided that you're going to be special and make a difference. And I love this, which God prepared in advance. From in your mother's womb, he's like, I want to shape a life of, that is spectacular. I want to shape a life that is beautiful. I want to shape a life that rises above both your decisions and things that people have done to you. And I want to, and I'm going to prepare something for you. Let me just finish uh, with this, uh, a brief, I don't know, account. Um, I, I just recently spent uh, 10 weeks traveling all around Europe. Uh, I think like 10 countries, 15 different churches. Now I'm, we're starting a college in London. When I grew up, my dad was in and out of jail when I was little, and then he disappeared. I grew up in the worst, poorest street in our town. I never traveled more than like uh, 100 kilometers away. Once a year, we would visit my grandparents. My whole world was like, you are the poor kid with the dad in prison, growing up with a solo mother in the worst street in town. Sometimes I shake my head now and go, how did I end up having friends in Slovakia and Hungary? How do I end up starting a Bible college in London? Because God says your life is not defined by your past. 
It's not defined by decisions that other people have made. It's not even defined by your decision. But if you give your life into my hands, I'll make you the person that you were always meant to be. And in ways that I don't understand, a little kid with a dad in prison and a solo mom who never traveled very far was always meant to dream dreams of traveling around the world. And it happened in Jesus. I wonder what the dream is God's always had for your life. Can I invite you to stand? And I I don't know how you connect with God. If it's um, like close your eyes or sometimes we put our hands out in front of us. I feel like God just wants to touch people. Could you, could you break through every bit of cultural conditioning that says that's not right, this is not appropriate? Could you break through into a biblical worldview? Actually, I feel the heavens just beginning to open now to do this. When the voice comes from heaven like it came to Jesus and said, you are my child, I love you, I am pleased with you. And I believe the thing that God wants, the anointing tonight, is for God to say to you, you are special. Come on, you are special. You are special to God. You are special in His plans. You are special in His purpose. He's always watched over you. He's always had a plan for you. Just let His presence touch you right now. Let the chains begin to fall off. Those lies that have been spoken over you. Those words that hurt so deeply. Those actions that hurt you. Let them just begin to slide off when God says, No, you're special. No, you're special. I believe chains are falling off people's eyes, how they look at life. Chains are falling off people's minds of how they think about themselves. You are special. And in an environment like this, as Pastor Miro has said, with God, the presence of God, miracles happen. And just one of the signs that God sometimes gives is just He touches our body and something that's been ill or, or hurt, just the pain disappears. We're restored. It's just a sign that God's with you. And I, I speak now the healing presence of God. That pain would go, that bodies would be restored, that things would shift just as a sign that you matter to God and He cares about you and He cares about what's going on in your life. Some of you carry burdens for your family, for brothers and sisters, and they're lost. Again, God, like, I know how that weighs so heavily on you. I'm going to touch your family, I'm going to impact them. Because I know that that matters to you and it matters to me. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. And God, we... Just for a minute, just if we just quiet a bit. 
from your mother's womb. God, you've always been all around me. You've always been all over me. I've always been loved by God. I've always mattered to God. Some of us know, but God, you know what I've done. And he says this, and I forgive you. And I renew you. And I encourage you. And let me put my hand upon you, as David said. And let me bless you. God, I speak your peace. I speak your blessing in Jesus' mighty name. And I I speak into every person's spirit. You are special. You are special. You matter to God. You always matter to God. You are forgiven. You are cleansed. And you have purpose and future. And I speak excitement into your spirit for what is going to be. Because eye has not seen or ear heard what God has planned and purposed for his people. I bless you in Jesus' name.